mentally knowing that like a medal is slipping away from you and you literally can't move your legs any faster. It's just like the worst thing in the world. OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Hello there and you're very welcome along to episode 34 of the Football Pod. The 22nd of last Monday, 10 o'clock tonight. We didn't wait late tonight because of Manchester United Liverpool, even though there's three Manchester United fans on the pod here for our sins. <laughs> we're back, Buddy, baby. You missed it. You you were coaching the future. Yeah, I got back for the last 15 minutes. I've never drove as fast out of Abbottstown in my life. Um, I wasn't expecting a lot tonight, lads. I think if we're all being honest with each other, I, I was happy enough to be missing the game and then flicked on the phone after training there. 2-0. The Rash had just scored the second. And I was like, I'm out of here, lads. Good luck. <laughs> you take the team, mate. And let the boys do a few laps. Yeah. I was expecting to start. Leap tester. I was expecting to start the pod tonight with like a bit of a chat, a tangential chat about how awful the culture in that squad is and how you boys could see something like that go the way it's gone. It's gone so badly. But James, I think the moment of the night was Roy and Ronaldo. That was magic. Comedy gold. Classic. <laughs> All right, Ronaldo. See you later. Take it easy. No, it was, it was like take it easy, mate. <laughs> no, it's good to see you, Ronaldo. Take it easy. Why did he call him Ronaldo? Like, surely they're on first name terms by now. Like. A five-year-old wouldn't call him Ronaldo. Did, he, oh, did Ronnie come over and instigate it? Like, Ronnie yeah. marched over and seen King. Yeah. It was a power move by Ronaldo. They were actually discussing Ronaldo being dropped at the time. And he came over and Carragher tried to hand him the mic, but he blanked Carragher completely, went yeah, over to Neville, like, goes to Carragher's Roy. on your wallet. Yeah, yeah, well, look at And goes to Roy. Realized his boots, like. Yeah. Just where, where, where the lads giving him lip, like, at the time? Mm, no, Roy was... Roy, Roy was always fairly, defends him, to be fair. But they were, the four of them were absolutely starstruck when he did come over. Yeah. Like, starstruck. Chief, like, CR7. <laughs> In fairness, though, like, a few minutes later, Casemiro gets welcome to the crowd and he goes straight over to Roy. Like, that's two quality midfield generals yes, there. The new what are the odds of United to win the league now? I don't know. I'm going to check it after this. We're going to lose all our rest of our fans for the podcast, lads, if we keep talking here. So we've outed ourselves there. Three long-suffering United fans. A bit of breaking news has developed today in GA circles and we said it'd be rude not to get a podcast in. A big managerial appointment. yes, Dublin Hurling have announced Michal Donoghue as their new manager for 2023. <laughs> and he's already targeted Con O'Callaghan, Kieran Kilkenny, Cormac Costello, and Owen O'Donnell to get back into the, to the Dublin Hurling team. That's a big appointment, Paddy. Like, that's like, would the Dubs be worried about competing with the Hurling now once if they got back to the big table? I know Gilroy went in there at one stage, had a bit of no. joy under Anthony Daly for a while. No. There's only one gig in town, is there? And he won't show and tell now, to be fair. Like. But uh, no, if it's a, it is a good appointment. Gee, and it was very much under the radar as well. Mm. There was murmurs of Davy Fitz, Derek McGrath and these fellas. It obviously didn't end, end well for Maddie Kenny after he'd been there a couple of years and the success he had with Kula. So um, it was surprising to hear it come out. It was because like, normally you get wind of these things. But uh, I think it's a brilliant appointment. And I'll earn win a coach. He's gone in. Dublin are probably at a bit of a low ebb hurling wise though. You know, like you're talking about Daly's time and stuff like that. That's 10 years ago now where they were nearly competing to win Leinster titles and uh, and trying to get into the latter stages of All-Ireland series where they probably haven't really been there in the last couple of years. So it's a brilliant appointment for them to, to come in and the usual crack now in the off-season. Yeah, Conor Callahan and all these fellas. That's not going to happen. 
So, not yet. A, a good day for the uh, Dublin hurling community to get a great coach like Michal Donahue in, but um, I don't think he's going to be bringing over those lads with him anytime soon. It'll be very interesting to see what bounce they can get out of that because look, management management appointments have been the talk for the last little yeah. while. And I know I've buried yeah. the lead here. I know I have, but finally, seven weeks after James Horn stepped aside, we got the news tonight that Mayo, after a protracted high-profile saga that was drawn out across the media and a few other places have finally appointed their manager. It's Kevin McStay. He's got the gig. It's not the first time he's gone for the Mayo job. He's, I think there was a sentiment before that maybe they'd felt their time had passed and they didn't get it when Canadian Holmes got it in 2015. But McStay is back and he's got Stephen Rochford alongside him. He's got Donny Buckley alongside him. He's got Damian Mulligan alongside him, who's done very well at club level in Mayo and, and coaching in the background over the last couple of years. And Liam McHale is with him too. They're always together. They're together at Bridges and together at Common. So there well, is the man. What's the last time, what's the last county job McStay did? Was it the Rossies? Oh, Rossies. In, in what, what year? Was that 17, 16, 17? Was that, okay, that time, right, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was straight after, it was straight did after he win, get the Mayo gig. Did he win two Connacks or one? He, he won definitely one. won one. Like, you know, they were unfancied. All Ireland Club winner. Same yes. prejudice as well. Yeah. yeah. He had the camera in the dressing room for one of those Connacks, didn't they? Do you remember he did a... There was. Good half time. A good pre-match and a good half time. Yeah. It's on YouTube. Yeah. You know, he's got a background in the army. You know, he, he'd be a bit of a, yeah. a general about the place, I'd say. Um, And he's clearly built a strong background team around them you know that's some team you know Paddy, yeah. I'll ask you about Rochford in a minute like Rochford was yeah. there you know to a couple of different jobs I think Bernard Flynn had mentioned them in a tweet that was previous or since deleted and I no that, had, that never happened that was taken down well he had he had met Rochford <laughs> they certainly met but I don't think you know uh, I don't think that there was that say, is that not odd that, that was common Rochford wants to be the main man with Mayo so close to winning back to back all Ireland finals I'm going back in there as coach. Is that not? Well, that not an odd dynamic to go back in under someone else having been the main man so recently himself. But even so talking to Paddy he was saying that you know, he'd rather be the coach. That's the oh, thing. yeah. yeah. It's a oh. Well, it's a, it's a tougher gig nearly at times. Yeah. yeah I think Rashford's cut out to be a, a great coach, I think. That's a good thing. With Tony Buckley as well then. You you would have you was you done work with Donny Buckley. Very interesting to see the d- dynamic there because Donny Donny's not going to sit back and do twenty percent of the training. Like Donny, I reckon is is a hundred percent of the training. Like so, how how Rashford and Donny are going to work together when they're both number one coaches? That will be that will be difficult. It'll be very interesting. I, I like I have a feeling McStay will be the figurehead. You know, he'll yeah. be doing a lot of talking to the media. He's doing a lot of the organizing in the background. I think there is a world where Rochford could have a big say on the tactics and the tactical tweaks. I used to love his ability, his in-game management. Like I, I've, I've mentioned, I think, on the pod about three times, there was the, the, the switch he pulled on Mickey Hart against Tyrone. I think it's in 17 in the quarterfinal where he starts Alan Dillon and it completely yeah. negates Tyrone's system. And Hart makes a change after 25 minutes to counteract Alan Dillon's influence. And next thing, after 32 minutes before halftime, Rochford whips off Dylan. job was done, brings on Barry Moran, a completely different proposition. And Mayo completely outsmarted Hart that day. Obviously, James, what were you thinking when Aidan O'Shea was lining up beside Kieran Donaghy in 2017? I think we'd heard, we'd heard rumours of it that but time. David that Brady, David Brady was the only man brave enough to say it on off the ball that week. And everyone was saying he was full of rubbish. Well, Donny had had joy off 
Catholic. Catholic, or Catholic and a few more, he, he was a danger in there. So it was, it was kind of, um, it was kind of, Aiden Shea was kind of the only fella left to have a cut off him. And in fairness, Aiden did brilliantly. But it was, that was a brave move because if that goes wrong, it's like Stuart Pierce putting uh, David James up front for Man City. That time. <laughs> if it that goes bad, Stuart Pierce <laughs> ever manage again after that call? I don't think he did. That was literally his last oh, game. He may have been a pilot around. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, to be fair to Ratchford, like he, he, he made, he's made massive calls. The, the famous one against us was with the goalkeepers as yes. well. Like that, that, is... I, that was a, that was a mistake. Like, messing with goalies is is playing with fire. Goalies are protected species. I agree, Jimmy. And look, that that didn't work out. But like that's it's still a mentality. It's still like someone the courage of their convictions to back themselves and make brave calls. You mightn't get all of them right, but. Um, I always think that's a sign of a. I like that out of a manager who's kind of hundred percent. Look, this you have to make sure behind this. We're going to go for this. We're going to we're going to take a risk. I always say it. I'm always banging on about it to win the biggest prizes. You need to have a bit of, little bit of maverick there. You can't all be kind of all over the shop, but 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 you need something. You need to be willing to take risks on the pitch and off the pitch with, with your team selections and with your tactics and and as players on the ball as well. And I, I just think that is. Okay, McStay, but I just think the whole backroom team, that is, there's a lot of big, big personalities in there. I'm intrigued to see how that one pans out. Because it, look, yeah. it's obviously gone on very, very long. Um, and there was two or three different, seemed to be front runners over the last two or three weeks. And it was going to be someone else and it was going to be someone else. But mm. like, it's probably the most high profile ticket that went for it. Um, it's a massive job. Body. They were all high profile, weren't they? Yeah, but but this is like you're you're looking at McStay and mm. Rochford, like I mean, Tony Buckley, like that is that's a box office team, um, and it's one of the biggest jobs in, in Gaelic football. So and, and we touched on this. What was it, one of the road shows and people were asking how bad do you think yeah. like where am I on all of this? And, and like they're not they're not starting from the lowest base. They're not okay. They'd be disappointed how the season went, how, how it finished up for them against Kerry in the quarter final. They're probably a bit out of class, but they had opportunities there as well. And that is that's still an appealing job. They still have some brilliant players. They'll have Tommy Conroy coming back. They'll have Ryan O'Donoghue coming back next year as well. Gonna try and get another good year out of Killing O'Connor, get him fit and get him up to speed because he probably didn't really look like that. And try and get one last hurrah. Like if you're a Lee Keegan or Aidan O'Shea who's been around the block a long time, yeah. I would say that this would be seen as an exciting appointment. Yeah, yes. definitely. But as well, in terms of being a player, keeping your voice or a manager keeping your voice fresh and a coach keeping your voice fresh is difficult if you're kind of on your own or there's two of you. But the fact that there is there is three or four powerful voices, if they manage that properly and, and share the time and allocate the time in the right way, they can all keep their voice fresh and keep their voice very powerful in the group. So I, it is a good appointment, I think. Like, realistically, you'd have to say Mayo will go in as third favourite straight away. They're, so they're, they're going to be the one. They're going to be the one behind Kerry and Dublin. They're going to be the one directly ahead, behind. Ahead of Galway. Well, I mean, when, you, when they have everyone back, obviously Galway are on the, on the up. But if you, if you were to say both teams flat it's, out... Next year, in the middle of the summer, you couldn't call that game. Paddy, would you agree with that statement that Mayo were immediately ahead of Galway, seeing how far Galway came this year? Don't know. I don't know if we agree with that one yet. Like that's, I think this. If I'm a Mayo supporter, this is an exciting thing. I think they'd be happy with this appointment. I think if you're a Mayo player in that dressing room, you're excited by this. 
with that team that they've put together and they're itching to get back for road in January. Um, they, they had an underwhelming season this year. Mm. There's no two ways about it. That game in McHale Park, we all, I, I think we all tipped them to beat Galway. That kind of launched Galway season. That's how tight those games could be. You know, if Mayo get over that one, there's no way Galway are getting to an all in the final four months later. And you're looking at, can that propel Mayo to win a Connacht Championship and, and probably get a better side of the draw and potentially be in an all in the final themselves. So that's that was the margins there. It was, we, we all said it. It was, it, it was time for a change with James Horan and they needed something fresh for that team, for that group of players. Um, they, like I said, they'll have their injured guys back. There, there'll be an energy about them. Are they ahead of Galway? tell you what I'd be intrigued to see that game they play each other in the National League they play each other in the kind of Championship um, it's good for the overall Championship that you feel like there's going to be a bounce in Mayo next year well, I think it's going to be the same with Tyrone we, we said it they had an absolute car crash every year they're going to expect them to come back massively strong in comparison to what they did trying to defend their All-Ireland title this year Dubs have, have stuck with Desi takes away any uncertainty around that as well there's we're still waiting on probably Donegal is the last remaining massive job really that, well, that's out there. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's it's we're expecting something by the end of August. And actually, for a couple of the other management teams and backroom teams, I think there's going to be a bit of a snowball effect here. Yeah. Because there were so many names linked to the Mayo job. Like, that was one of the biggest things about it. You had four candidates with four big teams, like Ray Dempsey, Mike Solon had a quality team together, Dempsey had a quality team together. McConville um, was in it, Key Higgins. The they were in with who? Say it again. McCa- was Oshie McConville mentioned? McConville was in with Ray Dempsey. Ray Dempsey, yeah. Aiden was it, was it like last Mike week Solon. that that seemed to be the front runner? Uh, at one stage, yeah, Solon was the yeah. front runner at one stage. I think, you know, Monaghan County Board will be on the blower there. Who? Monaghan County Board will be on the blower to one of those groups. Yeah. But you know, it will. You're right. Like that will happen now. Now that that's gone, I, I expect the vacancies, the dominoes to fall pretty quickly now over the next couple weeks. Because lads, it is. It's bloody getting into get into September. The club championships are in full swing. Some of these county teams are going to be looking to get back in the mix training in six or eight weeks' time. Yeah. And they want management teams together by then. So, Mayor, the last ones to pull the trigger, you're looking at. Like say Tony Gall and Monaghan, probably the next two big ones. There's, yeah, yeah, exactly. James, when for the players that are on the edge, right? And I, I'm not putting, I don't want to put words in any footballers' mouths, but we'll just look at the ages, like Aidan O'Shea, Lee Keegan. This is you not, retiring lads again, too. Probably, oh, probably not. Him. Probably not going to put Killian O'Connor in that bracket because he come back. He's young player of the year again. We said that last. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when a new manager comes in, right, and your mind could be sort of nearly made up, but it's not made up yet. <laughs> it can be made up for you, fairly likely. Yeah. It might not <laughs> be your call, Tommy. Daddy, you experienced as a Desi Farrell as well. You stayed on another year. I, I, like I said, it you, were, you were considering it at the time. Well, I, was out to, I was semi out the gap. And uh, I, I sat down with him and just said, look, what do you want to do? Like, I, He's obviously a legend himself. We have massive respect for him. So I sat down and was like, listen, if you want to come in so the, the, the phase that our team had come through it was probably a little bit different um, we'd obviously just achieved something massive and a couple of our guys had left and then Jim had left so I was kind of thinking I didn't play really at all either so I was kind of nearly finished myself so I said look a, a coach can come in and they can clean house and basically go look I'm going to put my stamp on this you lot are out this is the way we're doing things or in our instance, 
you know, we hadn't lost the championship match in six years. So, so Desi was very much in the mindset, but like, there's no point in, um, you know, to reinvent the wheel here. Let's, I, I, I would like you to stay on. And that was the, the conversation. And once that was it, and that was just, just very open between both of us. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. They went to give the team and the lads and you guys a dig out because, you see, you have a great connection with the group and things like that. But that's, other managers can come in and there's no right or wrong. It's totally dependent on the manager's ideas and the manager's personality, I suppose. And it's, I'm going to do my, my own way. You guys don't really fit into it. And that's just the, the nature of it for older players that mm. okay, probably you're, you're not as, you're definitely not as indispensable as you once were. So for, if I'm looking at some of those male guys, the likes of Killian, the likes of uh, Lee Keegan, and Aiden O'Shea, they're still massive, massive. They're still key cogs in the team. Never mind the squad. They're still playing in the bloody first 15. So yeah. that's just a conversation they'll have on he might how are they going to be managed in the early part of the season? What Kevin McStay is going to look for out of these guys? Um, and they're just conversations. Any manager has to come in, with, not just for older guys, for younger guys as well. See where you sit in the manager's plans because James will tell you you might have great ideas but they might they might not <laughs> and that can be a tough place to be for players as well like there's two different sides that there's a manager coming in when you're after winning in All-Ireland which Desi was so he's trying to keep a bit of continuity but in Mayo it's different because they're coming in after a very disappointing year mm. so he might want to go in and ruffle some feathers he might want to go in and do a high profile yeah, dropping and like that gets people going. Whoa, this is different. This is scary kind of thing. I have to seriously start performing, or I'm going to be the next fella cut. Like so, he he can go with the tactic because they're not coming off the back from an Ireland win like like Ewar Paddy. You know, yeah, yeah. From, a, from a very disappointing game against Kerry and the National League final against Kerry didn't go well. So I think he has a lot of power. Next day at the start. Striking as well, lads. He's gone for a four-year term. That's what he's That's reckless. I could not believe it when I saw four years. That's odd, isn't it? It's never four. It's a he lot. can do what he wants for the first two. He do so much power there for four years. Yeah, yeah. And it's so you know what? Power. You know what else is interesting? September 2018, like Stay steps aside after his three-year term at Roscommon. He pulled the plug in it, and he said, "Today marks my retirement from senior intercounty football management." And I just want to put this point out there: Colin O'Rourke has stepped away from punditry this year to step into the county manager. He's, uh, you know, not shy of 60 himself. Kevin McStay is 60. Stepped away from punditry to step back into intercounty management. I'm just wondering about the headlines in 30 years' time that James Donahue and Paddy Andrews finally Dream leave team. the pod to go take over Kerry in Dublin. <laughs> Could you imagine it, boys? This, there's no, this punditry game is no joke, lads. 30 That's years. It'll be not a long for time. everyone, like... It'd I'd have to wait. be. I'd have to be the number wait. one. I'd have to be the manager. But that's to put into context. I mean, you, like, you, 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 you can do all the politics, Jimmy. I'll give me as coach. <laughs> Tommy, you can do the water. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> that's Tommy, the stats man. There, I'll, I'll hang around and take whatever I can get, boys. I'll be li- the liaison officer. Yeah, you'd be good at that. <laughs> Organizing all the trips. <laughs> all right. McStay has retired more times than fucking Tyson Fury at this stage. <laughs> You are listening to episode 34 of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue and Tommy Rooney. We're going to be back after this and we're going to be going rapid fire through some of the counties that have caught the eye this winter. Some of the counties that need to do a bit of soul searching that perhaps don't need to reinvent the wheel. They just need to make a couple of little tweaks. I'm going to ask the lads what they reckon they need to do this winter. And then we're going to ask the boys 
what they'd change about the Gaelic football season because I put the question out there on the Football Pod Instagram page and we got a lot of very interesting answers back. So we're back right after this. All right, you're very welcome back to episode 34 of the Football Pod of Paddy Anders and James O'Donoghue. Lads, we are taking a little break for a couple of weeks after this. There will be a few bits and pieces popping up, some surprises in the Football Pod podcast feed. So do stay tuned, keep an eye out for it, check them out when we let them in. And we'll be coming back with a bang in a couple of weeks. Uh, we've a bit of a winter plan, but we've got to put a bit of preseason work in, a bit of background production work. And that's a terrible segue to bring me into what the winter is going to be like for some of the counties who are looking to chase Sam in 2023. Mm. So, Paddy Andrews, I'm going to give you an easy one to start off. And I'm going to throw a couple of counties at you and a couple of counties at James. And you're going to tell me what you think they need to do. This can be quick. The Dublin footballers have announced or the Dublin County Board have announced that Desi Farrell is extending his term in charge of the Dublin footballers for another two years. That's a good thing, I presume, in your eyes? Yeah, I think it is. What needs to happen over the next three months in Dublin before their Division 2 campaign? They need to find four players. I would say they need a midfielder, two forwards and a back. Uh, and that's why Division 2, to be fair, will actually work in their favour, I feel. Very similar to what Mayo had with James Horan two years ago. Um... No, Jimmy won't like this, but I think if Conor Callum was playing in the All Ireland semi final, I think Dublin would have beaten Kerry. Um, so from where they were at the end of the National League, where it was depths of despair, and it was some of those games were unbelievably poor performances for Dublin standards. Um, but the turnaround they had through the Leinster Championship um, and pushing the eventual All Ireland champions right to the wire. Um, look, it's not a positive season for Dublin because. The goal is obviously ultimately win the All-Ireland and they came up just short in that regard. But from where they were in the springtime to where they finished up the year, um, I think it was a positive end to the season. Um, but what they want to do, they'll be targeting All-Ireland next year. Um, for Desi, there's no uncertainty around it at all anymore. That this kind of nonsense of his Paul Mannion coming back or Jack McCartney or any of this stuff, that is gone. Those times are gone. It's time for Dublin to, to find what I feel four new players. They need someone to take the scoring burden off Conor Callaghan and Costello. Um, and that's what they'll be looking to, to target throughout the, the National League. And that's why I feel Division 2 will actually be a benefit because, guys, it's an easier betting in period in that division than it will be in Division 1. And I expect Desi to give a lot of players opportunities in, in the springtime for the Dubs. In your I, I opinion, that could be. I think that could be trouble for them now because if they try and go right, I need four players to come into this team. Yeah, it's nearly you need four players to come in at the bottom of the panel and push four fellas in the middle yeah. of the panel onto the starting fifteen. But it, you're kind of doubting is that quality there to win All Ireland? So if these new fellas come in and go straight into the team in Division Two, settle in lovely at a lower standard, and you're thinking, right, we're going with these fellas. And they're not primed yet in Division One hard football. Is it going to be enough to take them to number one spot? Like it's number one. I think it'd be a big at. ask, Jimmy. I agree. I think we'd be massive ask to, to sit down and say, out of nowhere, the guys that are not even on the squad that in the first round of the championship next year, Dublin are going to have four brand new names. Yeah. But there's guys that are going to need to play in the National League that are exactly they're going to push on maybe a Larkin O'Dell or a Paddy Small that they they now become mainstays in the Dublin forward line because it can't be you can't be sitting here in six in six or eight months time 
and Dublin are just looking at we've got Kilkenny and we've got Conor Callahan to get our scores and that's it there, there needs to be more than that there needs to be that depth I'll say and Tommy you might give me a couple other counties here I think there's a few counties in that bracket the All-Ireland beating finalists are, I would put them in that space as well where they have the nucleus of a really good team but you've seen the importance in the last two All-Irelands Kerry this year and with Tyrone last year the depth you need to have 20 21 players that can play at the highest level I don't think Dublin have that at the minute in terms of the ultimate to win the All-Ireland and that's what they're going to need to find um, they need to find those boys over the springtime Before I come to you on Galway can someone put their hands up in the Dublin Cup Championships over the next couple of months and say I'm the one for Desi Farrell or like in your opinion yeah, well, that's with experience, starts, does it Tom. happen does the club like it happened for you in 12 I know you've been in there before that sparked your comeback yeah well that's it that is the starting point but look you look there's been loads of good forwards in Dublin Club Championship to come into the senior team and it, it, it's it's a completely different standard but you've got to start this journey somewhere mm. uh, and yes if you're looking some guys some really talented forwards in that Dublin 20s team um that were beating McLaren in the Leinster final, they'll be playing, they'll be key players for the senior club teams. Can they then get a run in the O'Byrne Cup or, or a couple of games in in the National League for the Dubs? That's how it does start. So, yeah, I'm sure they're hoping, I'm sure Desi and, and all his managing team are going to be looking at all these games over the next two or three weeks to try and find these players because they know that themselves. This is not earth-shattering news. Yeah. And, and the Dubs are not the only ones in this bracket. Of, of looking to bring two, two or three new players. But I think if the same starting 15 that, that Dublin finished with this season is there next year, I don't think that's going to be enough to win in All-Ireland. And that ultimately, that's why Desi's staying on. That's a Dublin supporters and it's what the Dublin players want. So, James, I'm going to throw a different one at you. The Derry footballers, they won Ulster this year. They, you know, had a cracking campaign under Rory Gallagher. To go to the next level, what do they need to happen this winter? Well, first of all, <laughs> They, need, they obviously had a disappointing time against Galway, right? We know that. But they need to get into a room and actually compartmentalise kind of that defeat and say, right, that was, that was a bad day. We got a couple of things wrong, but we had an unbelievable year. Look at where we came from to where we finished up. We, we came from absolutely nowhere to suddenly being contenders to win the All-Ireland. So they have to take unbelievable confidence from that. And then on the field... We said it all through the championship. They don't have enough scores in that team. We were saying if, if whoever was going to beat them, they probably only need to get 14 or 15 points to beat them. They need to be able to get that at their ease. The, the kind of tactics they had were they'd break out fast and then they'd slow up the play completely going forward. So they'd be around the middle of the field kind of waiting for the defensive team to get their shape and then they'd attack. They need to be able to get a faster counter-attacking game for when when the opportunity arises to get quick, easy scores. And if they can bring their scores up to comfortably getting 15 or 16 points, then I think they'll be they'll take themselves to a new level. Yeah. Gallagher was dealt a bit of a blow. Uh Callum Brown, he's got a couple of boys back from the AFL over the couple, last couple of years, but Callum Brown was given a an extended contract over in Australia fair play to him. So he won't be back playing for Derry next year. But that's interesting that you think they need that. It, did, did, is it too easy a comparison to throw it back to McGuinness? In 12 and the way Donegal brought it to another level from 11, they had the defensive game plan to shut teams down. Yeah. Derry were a bit different than that this year, weren't they? they well, were, Donegal, they a... Donegal were prepared to lose the ball. Like it was in their game plan. We're going to go long at times mm-hmm. and we know what we're doing if that breaks down inside and off full forward line. Whereas Derry's attack, 
is very controlled, hand pass, safe play. But against the better teams, they can kind of get to grips with that and they'll hit you on the break. So they're going to have to be able to hit in those diagonal balls that Kerry put in the All-Ireland final, that Dublin always put in, the Fenton puts in, that the Donegal team put in. They're going to have to get those balls into the full forward line to get the scores. You do feel like that's the natural evolution of of where they're going to go to. Mm, You understand that they would have learned so much from that semi-final against Galway. Just the, the absence of any sort of risk in attack ultimately it'll get you so far and that's it. But like, was it a successful year as a base for Derry? Yeah, to win the Ulster Champions is incredible. But for them to kick on, there does need to be that element of risk in their attack and play. Uh, they need to get the ball up the pitch quicker. Um, probably to tell Oral Lynch to stay in goal. There's, there's a couple of things that they learned those lessons from it. And like I say, they're, they're, oh, every team is going to find stuff to, to try and improve on. Paddy, we, we touched on Galway, the All-Ireland runners-up. For the purposes of this, we're going to presume that Porrick Joyce is going to be the manager in 2023, but oh, his yeah. three-year term is up. So they are, I think, not negotiating, but they're, they aren't, they're ironing it out in Galway at the moment. What do Galway need to do if they want to get over the line next year? I think they need depth up front. I do. I think, um, again, massive progress for them this year. They're back up to Division 1, which is brilliant for them. But, you know, the, the likes of... Ian Burke sitting in the, in the bloody stand with, with us, you know, in the all the final. Yeah. There, there'll be players who maybe, for whatever reason, maybe walked away or maybe Joycey didn't fa- uh, fancy them for, for the season, but go where you feel you need that kick off the bench that the Jane Walsh is incredible. Totally understand that. We get that. Comer can be incredible as well on his day, but you're probably looking for someone else to come in. Now, to fair, Rob Finnerty had a brilliant breakout year, I felt. I thought he was good in the final. I'm surprised he was taken off when he was. But but for Galway, you want those guys coming in at 55, 60 minutes. You've seen the difference the last 10, 12 minutes in the honour in the final. They were just out of gas and they, they just didn't have enough coming in. Um, I don't really buy, and I, I didn't buy the, the idea, and we spoke about this over the last couple of weeks of, if we want Shane Walsh to play really well, then Damien Comer can't play well. He's the sacrifices game. I don't think they have the luxury of doing that. I think they need to find a way for Finnerty to maybe play in the top of the D and get Walsh and Comer inside where they're absolute X-factor players can find a way to shoot the lights out together. Because if they do that, like they're not far, they're not far off winning the bloody thing. You know, they push Kerry all the way, but I think for, for Parrot Joyce, very similar to what we're saying with Desi in Dublin, that they'd be looking for can we get another two or three guys to pad this this forward line that if guys are get a knock or if we're a little bit off and we need a bit of X factor off the bench that they have it. Because yeah. I think that was ultimately that's probably the reason they just fell short in the final. Yeah. Do you know what they need? They need they need a new Conroy as well. Like not that Conroy's not gonna be brilliant again next year, but say if Conroy only has an hour in him. Like when he came off in the All Ireland, it was like, oh, Conroy's gone off. That's a serious attacking threat gone. Do you know, they need someone of Conroy's attacking threat to come in as his replacement if he's going to be coming off 10, 10 or 15 minutes to go on games because he's so crucial to them. They can't just take him off and that don't have that impetus going forward to come on. So I think a midfielder, an attacking midfielder, even if it's off the bench, behind McDade and Conroy is crucial for them. That's interesting. I, I, are we saying that it's different to the Dublin situation in the sense that from that 2018 team, Galway lost 21 players from that semi-final. A lot of them weren't retirements. 
you know, from the Dublin squad that day, I think there could be 12, 13 retirements. A lot of Ireland medals gone out of that dressing room. From Galway, there was players stepping away. Peter Cook, um, don't know where he is. He's, he's not in the panel this year. Uh, Liam Silk has now gone travelling. So they're going to have to try and... No, not travelling. He's going to be working in New Zealand, I think, as a doctor. Um, so Good commute. It's a long commute. <laughs> you know? What club teams you can join down there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He might stick with Carfin. The Carfin boys stick with Carfin, I think. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting on Galway next year and what they're looking for. James, you announced your arrival as a pundit on the football pod by pronouncing the death of Tyrone football in January 2020. <laughs> Nailed it. No, absolutely. You nailed it. Nah. You were the one under the bus. whose face was hung on the dressing room wall in Garvahi, I'd say, for about three months until Trump. What I said was, they will enjoy that All Ireland. They'll have a slow start to the year. And because the season is so quick this year, they won't be able to get up to speed. Boom. <laughs> Guilty. So you're going to ask me what do they need to do this year? Yes, James. Talk to me about Tyrone and what, what you think they need to do this winter. Can, can Tyrone win the All-Ireland next year, Jimmy? They can, but Doher needs to pick up the phone to five or six fellas and get them back in that dressing room. Because <sighs> really? I think so. I think Ooh. that it's like getting the band back together. They need to get these fellas. They, the fellas they lost had personality and character and they were obviously contributing to the group. And when they left, you could see there was interviews coming out from McCurry and a few more. They were pissed off. They were kind of left high and dry. They need to get in a room and say, right, look, lads, you went last year. We need you back this year. We're all in it together and create that mindset again. Never like, go who, back, who are you looking at? Who are you never go back. Never go back. I, w- I wouldn't say never go back in this situation because they, like, they'll be welcome back with open arms. Uh, would they? Well, they all stepped away for different reasons, lads. Like some of them retired. Some of them had personal things going on. Yeah, but... They, they all label as something different. You're not buying it, Jimmy. Like, I, I'm so no. this. Like, yeah, no, they, 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 they well, look because of, of game time and because something in the setup, I think. Definitely 60% of them did that. Maybe four out of the 10. A lot of quality, Preferably. you felt. But I know what you're saying. You felt like some of those footballers had a lot more in them, a lot more to give. Mm. They did. Say if you take, if you take, how many was it in the end? Was it eight or seven or eight? Seven. Yeah. Like, look at Tierney McCann. Like, Tierney McCann looked like he had a lot more in him. Yes, say eight fellas, right, out of an intercounty panel. There's and say an intercounty panel is thirty. If you have thirty good intercounty players, you are blessed. You definitely don't have thirty-eight that you can get rid of eight. Yeah, you know? like yeah, it just would have brought the quality way down and the atmosphere way down. And I think that if they got though. that, huh? How do you convince them to come back if game if game time was the problem? And as you both know well, intercounty football. But, but you can't promise to fill a game. Yeah, you, you, no, you can't yeah, agree. You can't go. You've come back. You're going to be playing. But like you, you'd like to think, Throne boys are, are are hurting up there after how like they'd have been embarrassed how that season finished. Hammered by Armagh in the Athletic Rounds. Hammered by Derry in in Haley Park in their own backyard in the Ulster Championship. You could nearly go to those guys. Like they're all obviously very passionate Throne GA people. Like and just go like look. That's not acceptable. What happened last year? We'll all hold our hands up and go. Let's get back. Let's try and give it last dance type thing. Mm. Yeah, and do it. So, so, but I agree. You can't turn around and go. If you come back, we're going to play you. Like you need to earn the right to play, no matter what. Yeah. Okay. Like they, they, if you're talking about fuel for a season, right? Do you know? Sometimes I always say you need a bad loss to fuel you. Like. Galway didn't have a bad loss. 
Do you know they're nearly heroes? They lost the final, though, Jimmy. Do I know. know it wasn't a bad. I don't know. It was, I mean, in terms of fuel, but like in terms of fuel, I reckon that. Yeah. that they don't have they, that loss won't provide enough anger. They didn't get mowed down. Yeah, because their homecoming, uh, brilliant, it was their first final. But Tyrone have savage fuel. <laughs> Like, if they spin that the right way, they can have some hurt in their performances next year. Can I ask you a question on that? Because you've touched on something. Because you had such a young team in a lot of ways in 2019, was that not that bad a loss against the greatest team of all time? No, it was a shocking loss. That was a shocking loss because we had the game. They were dubbed it down to 14 for, for 40 minutes or 45 minutes. And we didn't, we didn't finish the job. And we're a point up last play and we conceded and then beaten in a replay. No, that was a sick, that was a sickening, sickening defeat. But then it went into, it went into COVID year. Yeah, it was a bit of a unique time. Mm. Yeah. For everyone. Yeah. But yeah, Brown, I think it'd be in the mix. Yeah. Okay. All right. Paddy, we, we spent a bit of time on them already, so this can be quick. What does Kevin McStay need to do in Mayo this winter? He's got the job. You know, they just need a bit of a lucky break with no injuries, to be fair. Like, not many teams can afford to lose some of their key forward players, but certainly Mayo can't. We felt second half against Kerry, like we said, this is a decade in the making. Brilliantly fit, brilliantly passionate, winning turnovers, energy, fight, all that stuff. It's brilliant having all of those things. If you cannot kick the ball over the bar when the shit hits the fan, you are just ultimately not going to win the biggest games. And for and for Mayo to have Killian racking up injuries and probably not being at his best, but then to lose Ryan O'Donoghue and Tommy Connery who were the breakout forwards the previous season and getting to the All-Ireland final, that was just, it's just bad luck. You can't really legislate for that. But Mayo definitely can't do without players of that quality. They need all their forwards fit. I, I think they need to tweak a, a bit of their style of play to start maybe kicking the ball into these guys more and not being as reliant on your on your defenders to get your scores. Again, I think that is a shelf life in terms of where it's going to get you to. But like they're not starting from the bottom of the pile either. But a big, big plus for Kevin McStay and that management team will be, can we get Tommy Conroy? Can we get Ryan Dunhill back up to full speed? And can we get Killian O'Connor with a full championship, mm-hmm. club championship under his belt with Ballon Tubber? And that he comes in and he's fitting for fine. Because those three guys playing together inside, they are the handful for any team. They're up there with, okay, maybe you'll have your Clifford and your Sean O'Shea a little bit ahead or Kilkenny or, or Conor Callan a little bit ahead. But they're, those three guys, if they're on song for Mayo, are not far off themselves. And that's always been their Achilles heel, I have to say. And I proved that again this year, that when push came to shove in the big games, they just could not execute their scores. So that's what they're going to be looking at. Uh, but they're going to be right in the mix as well, along with Terrell. Okay. James, they had a roller coaster year. They lost in excruciating circumstances to Galway in the All-Ireland quarterfinal in a penalty shootout. Kieran McGinney, has confirmed that he's staying on for his ninth year in charge of Armagh this year. It's, a, it's an incredible run he's had. I think he's nearly four decades involved in inter-county football straight now. It's remarkable. What does Geezer need to get out of Armagh this winter? He got a serious tune out of them last year, it seemed, in the winter. They were primed and ready to go. They tucked up in the part in Crow Park that February night and we were all so impressed with them. And uh, 
you know, they had their ups and their downs across the year. So what do they need this year, this winter? Well, I think I think that I know he's been there eight years, it's been his ninth year, but it did feel like this year was his breakout year with that Armat team. It was like that was their coming of age. So I don't think that they need to change that much. I think they have to bank what they've done and kind of take all the experiences they had last year, all those brilliant Division One National League games, all those away days, tough games at home, the Ulster Championship, the tough defeat there, the qualifiers, the experience, the quarterfinal and the penalty shootout. Like they had, they had an unbelievable year. Not like I know they would have liked to get probably an, an extra round, mm. but they still had an unbelievable year. And they, again, they came from probably ranked seventh, probably seventh in the country maybe at the time. So I think that they, they need to just bank what they've done and get everyone tuned in to going at it again this year. I don't think they need to do anything major. Like their game plan for me was down to a T. Yeah. They played attacking front foot football with intensity, aggressive tackling, great yeah. scores, great players. Yeah. But they're just a young team in terms of the, the, the amount of days they've had on the biggest stage, they're young. Their training age, is, as Paddy says about things, is young. So they just need to bank that year and go at it again next year. Yeah. Straight after me, who's going to win the Ulster Championship next year? Ulster. <laughs> Donegal on paper. <laughs> Your name's in the half of the Donegal job, isn't it? <laughs> the phone happened. Oh, Couldn't call the Ulster. But well, I think Toronto are going to win the Ulster Championship next year. Are you putting that there in the record, yeah? Yeah, yeah take that to the bank. What if McGuinness goes back to the only goal? Moy McGuinness. Is he in the running? Uh, no, I, I don't know if he is anymore. Bro, I say that on WhatsApp. Banty, Banty was in the running for the only goal job at one stage. So we'll, uh, Banty was only goal. Has he been up there stage. before? No, he's been everywhere else. No, 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 one no. Stage, no. One stage, one stage. Okay. Now, Paddy, bear with me on this one. Um, the appointment was made. There was, I think, uh, happiness in the county. <laughs> outside the county maybe people are a bit tentative about it there's been nothing on the background team yet he's keeping his cards close to his chest he did meet the clubs last week Colin O'Rourke I'm talking about here and he said there is no reason why Mead football cannot be the Kerry of the East big words words that we love to hear in the Royal County <laughs> tell me now in as quickly and nicely a way as possible what Mead football needs this winter be ruthless I'm only joking a bad year for Dublin what do they need? Um, you know, it's nearly an hour laughing with United there in the background, but it is a bit of a, the whole thing needs to be just a restructure across the board. Like the issues of Rails, and, and that's probably a starting point for Colin Rock, where he's gone in talking to the clubs, that getting the pride back in the mid senior football team, that all the club players and all the clubs want to support the county team, that the supporters want to go to Navin and go and watch this Mead team um, that Colin Moore can get the feel-good factor back in there. Look, realistically, like they're not at the top table. They're not even anywhere near that. You know, they're doing well to kind of hang around at the bottom levels of Division 2. So if I'm Colin Moore going in there, I'm trying to get all the county unified. That's probably why he's got the gig, really, to be fair. And I'd be looking for a really strong league campaign. They'll play the dubs in Division 2. But uh, could we get promoted back to Division 1 and get a bit of a buzz back in? They're not, I don't think they're going to get near winning the Leicester Championship. I don't think they're going to have any say in the All-Ireland Series. And that's, if you're looking at where they're coming from, 
Like that was one of the most diabolical performances in the Leinster Championship year against Dublin. We were out of Tommy. It was it was a shambles. So, in a way, it's nearly a positive thing for Colin Moore to come in that, that the bar is quite low there at the minute. But it's a massive, massive, massive job on his hands and everyone involved in his background team to try and get made. Like the Kerry of the East, okay, that's that's great. That's very far-fetched from where they're at at the minute. It's going to take smaller steps to get there. But I think the first thing and what he's doing over the next couple of weeks and months up until you start getting into a Borough Cup Games and National League next January, February, is get the county unified, get all the best players available to him talking out for Mead and wanting to talk out for Mead and then getting the supporters and everyone else behind him in the county. Yeah. He was an interested observer at a quality weekend, a club action at the weekend. I know yeah, so Mead did get a big win against the league Bellius Town. Scored a last minute goal and then our keeper saved the last minute penalty. So look at that. The drama of the Mead Club Championship. There you go. So James, from one former behemoth of the game to another. What do Cork football need this winter? John Keary has now taken over from Keith Rickin, who had to step aside, uh, ultimately due to illness, um, stepped down from the role, and John Keary has stepped in and he stayed on. What do Cork football need this winter? Cork need to tighten their panel, I think. They need to get, they had a lot of injuries. They have a lot of fellas coming back. They have a lot of new fellas into the panel. It seems to be kind of regularly there's new fellas tipping around the Cork panel. I think they need to they need to finalise their players and then go with that identity. And on the field, from the games I saw this year, especially the Kerry game, they did an unbelievable job of the hard work, gritty, defensive stuff, which was crucial against Kerry and Parky Rin. But when push came to shove and it was right, this game is here for the taking, can we switch it? Can we play open, aggressive, attacking football to try and win this game? And that wasn't in the locker last year. So this winter, I think what they need to do is put those two game plans together because the quality is there. Cork have some outstanding operators, but they need to put those two game plans together because last year there was so much negativity around the team. They were kind of saying, let's not get hammered. Let's just go defensive and keep it tight. But was there that belief there to then go, right, it's tight now, can we win? Do you know? So I think that there's kind of a bit of soul searching to kind of flip that switch mentally to make sure they have those two sides of the game right to rattle the carry in the Munster Championship. Okay. Interesting. We'll all be watching on. Would you do the Cork job, would you? No. No? But what, what, a few quid if you get to Cork football scene is, is strange. There's no county league or they don't put any emphasis in the county league. So the only club action really is the is the county championship. So like that that's why new fellows are coming out. They're springing out of everywhere because they might have a couple of good games in a in a county championship run. Next thing they're in the car panel. It's not as ruthless as in Kerry. <laughs> Kerry stacks, stacks and relegation playoff now. Yeah, I think you need first thing you need in a county is a very strong county league to a get vibrant club scene. Yeah. Do you yeah. need them playing? Yeah. You need them playing eighteen to twenty-two physical hard football that actually means something. Have a county league that's strong, and then you're going into your club championship, heated and and ready for it. Yeah. Like in fairness, and we're only saying the Kerry scene is good now because Kerry are all our champions. But Dr. Crokes and Aston Stacks played last week in the Crokes field, and the loser was going to be in a relegation playoff to go down to intermediate. Do you know? So it he is had it really- last year. He had it last year with Croaks and Legion, and you got sent yeah. off in 
Oh, no, that, you were, that was the mistaken identity. Mistaken. I'll mention the war. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, okay. He doesn't need that time before he's gone to bed. <laughs> Sorry, boys. It's, we're nearly it's finished. 53. I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. Me. I'm going to get in a lot of trouble with <laughs> the people at Cavan and Westmead and. Donegal probably and Monaghan but there's, for various reasons we're only going to do a certain amount of counties tonight Paddy we were in Newbridge we watched Kildare beat Dublin the buzz around the ground in the town that day the year didn't end on the same high that we saw that day in no. February or March what does Glenn Ryan and his dream team that we saw get a tune out of Kildare at times last year what do they need to do this winter? I think they need to be harder to play against I think defensively and to be fair you know, they rattled Mayo. Mayo kind of pull away at the end. Kildare will look at, I think we're four or five points up yeah. in the third quarter of that game. And I, I think the collapse against Dublin won't hurt them in, in that Leicester final. It was just an absolute, it was like watching junior team defending. To be fair, they, they, they tried to plug a lot of those gaps later on in the championship and nearly got over the line against Mayo. But, um, They'll just need to be, they were relegated back to Division 2 along with Dublin. Um, they'll be targeting promotion back up to Division 1. They need to bring that solidity. They, they were very hard to beat in St. Conrad's Park. We said that all through the National League. They, they're probably unlucky to be relegated. But when they're in Crow Park, they need to be a lot, lot harder and a lot tougher to play against. Like even their, their semi-final win against Westmead, there was a lot of opportunities for Westmead. Look, I thought obviously won the title cup themselves, but I think they're there to get to the top table. I'd still have them as the second best team in Leinster. I'd have them ahead of Mead, but like say, Colin Rourke has grand plans there. I think the Dubs are going to get a little bit stronger as well, but because they're kind of get back into Division 1, can they find that edge when they're playing the big games in Crow Park? Because I don't think they really have it yet. Yeah, I think um, I think that's all fair. It'll be interesting to see if they can assert themselves as the number two or perhaps the number one next year and Lancer to surely be targeting that listening to the Dan Fleming interview um, that he did after the All-Ireland with Thomas Niblock after they were knocked out it was the day after it actually and you got the sense that they um, they feel there's a lot more in them in Kildare so we'll see what happens there James the final team Kerry I know you've already said that you hope that the teachers don't ruin the, the team holiday you need to get that in early what else does Kerry need to do this year to make sure that they go on to retain Sam in 2023? I think they need to enjoy what they've just done. That's the first thing. Then they need to drink up every bit of confidence you get from an All-Ireland win. Like, I wouldn't have thought that would be a massive issue for them. It won't, but... <laughs> like, sometimes you can go back in well, it only happened just once, but you can go back in and you kind of want to, you kind of want to put the head down and just get back at it or whatever. But you need to embrace the newfound confidence you have. Do you know, you've just you've just gone into a different stratosphere of player. Do you know, like the Cliffords and the Shawnee Shays, they've they've won all Ireland now and they're they're different players. Do you know, they they've a monkey off the back. They beat the Dubs in Crow Park. They won their All Ireland. They need to take everything, just get as much juice out of that as they can. To put to put them on to next year, and the fact that they do have the Dubs beat, which was it was a factor. It was all over the media. We were talking about it all the time. They haven't beaten since two thousand nine. They have to be looking forward to those games now and kind of be like, let's let's really step it up and kind of assert our dominance here mm-hmm. on these teams. And I mean that's kind of a mental thing, but I think that 
they, they have they have Tony Griffin in, in charge of that scene. Yeah. They kind of know what they're doing there. But player wise, I think if they can if they can kind of get those three or four additional bodies into the National League just to pump up the panel. I don't think anyone's going to come in. Like Fatty was saying, someone might come into Dublin panel and actually make the team. I don't think that's going to happen. Someone's going to jump straight in. But if they can have a healthy squad underneath the 2025 pushing, there's a couple of fellas in that 26 that will give it a good rattle to make the team next year. So I think that they all have to realize that they're they're different players now. They're way more about them. They're going to be feared by, by teams a lot more. So they have to embrace that and kick on. But I, I have no doubt they will. I think it's going to be an exciting time for Kerry. But there are going to be teams chasing him down. And um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But I, I back him to I back him to be number one again next year. You think Kerry will win the All-Ireland next year? I do. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, was, that was Yeah, like... <laughs> that was it. I didn't ask anything else. Just checking. If you if you get those four fellas, you'd be you you could get back up to Division One. Which four? They're going to be the Kerry. The doesn't wear blind. Watch out for them. Yeah. No, it'll be entertaining again next year. I think that no. The best thing about this Kerry team is the people are going to watch them and how they play, and they're going to now pick out points to how to beat them. So they're going to be under a lot of pressure. They're going to be the standard bearers now where people go, this is how we take this side of the team down. Like uh, every club session we had for a while was a clip of Dublin recycling the ball or a clip of Dublin <laughs> screwing a press and a kick on. I was like, oh God, I can't watch any more of this shit. Your class. <laughs> but that's got to be Kerry. When you win the Ireland, you're there in clips. Like you're there to be exposed as well. So that's where the pressure comes from. Nail on Dublin are going to win the Ireland next year. Absolutely. Can't possibly be nailed on. Home run. I'm telling you. He can tape James McCarthy up. And he will be taped up. And he'll be out there. You don't worry about Macker. He'll be out there. He will be out there. But not. You, you, <laughs> that Kerry. That Kerry. It could have been it's a 10-point game at half time. It could have been a 10-point game at half time. 7-point game. King is playing double one one well sure he wouldn't have got a kick in the first half because Kerry had all the ball <laughs> okay boys that's 11 o'clock come on Enjoy I want to watch that. Ted Hag's interview early a final part we're getting to now we're asking about a rule that if you could change one to an extra so we're going to get to that in a second I just want to give a shout out to Larry Wall seven year old kid and Kayla Wall his sister who were down at training in Cratlow there um, about a week ago they're on holidays with their dad Larry Wall played with Leash Lads and he also was a very highly regarded coach in Mead with Gail Column Kills for about seven or eight years there. He's with the Downs now in West Mead. Larry has a question for the two of you. He's an avid listener to the podcast despite his youthful age. He wants to know, Paddy, who your favourite Leash footballer is? Current. Anytime. Current or last 30 years is the same player. <laughs> <laughs> Ross Mullally. <laughs> he was hoping you'd say that because that's his Ross, best player too. John O'Loughlin was an old teammate of mine. Okay. Uh, with St. Bridget's. He was, uh, he was brilliant when he joined our club for about 10 years, I'd say he was with St. Bridget's. We won a, a senior championship together. So, um, yeah. Or Ross Mullally. He he's still got but some, some career to still be at what he's at. Like, so. Yeah, sensational. Um, well, 
Larry and Kayla, I don't know whether they're lucky or unlucky. They're uh, Leash fans and Mead fans because they play within the Fina Club in Enfield, which is where the, the Mead women's captain, Sean Ennis, is from. Kayla was kicking points, James, with both feet, left foot and right foot. So oh. that caught my well, eye. Like that. That. A similar bit of PhD, PhD research. I believe, you know, Carl Dillon, who's working on a, a piece of uh, research for in UL at the minute he's doing a PhD on the development of bilateral skill symmetry in Gaelic football which is a really fancy way of saying Should have that kicking, myself kicking with both feet did you Paddy? yeah, yeah. that was NBA and that you did that in, in DCU James two feet very I thought under- you were going to ask me my favourite leash player oh yeah go on favourite leash player Wooly oh. <laughs> Robbie the Robbie Savage of the GA <laughs> Same mullet as well, yeah. <laughs> no, but go on. No, that leash team were class. But go on. What was your next question, Tom? My question, you have to throw me there. My question was... Uh, kicking up both feet. Kicking up both feet, James. Right. It's a, a very underrated skill. This this actually popped up. Uh, <laughs> it's another, not underrated. No, come on. Sorry, not an underrated skill. A skill that we talk a lot about, but when, you know, it, it's not... You don't see it in every kid underage that they've got a left foot and a right foot at the age of 10. Very impressive. Oh, no, no, I think you... you you have to be almost obsessed as a kid with it to improve it. But like, if you're going to be an inside forward, I think having, to be able to put it onto your good leg and have a dummy to get back onto your non-dominance, we call it, your bad leg, is an unbelievable advantage. And the best time to learn it is 10, 10 years old, like even younger. You learn it as quick as you can because it's every year that goes by, it gets twice as hard to learn. Twice as hard to learn. Twice as hard to learn. When you're 18 or 20, you're trying to put together a, a non-dominant leg. It's just not coming together like you want it to be. You learn it so much more naturally as a kid. So I think there comes a point. You say it's underrated. I didn't mean underrated. I, I misspoke there. There comes a stage where there's other things to improve. Like, there comes a stage where it's too late. Like if you if you miss the boat for when you're 24, 25, there's no point starting then to try and get a bad leg. You're wasting your time. You might as well just perfect your good leg like Modric. Okay. You know? That's that's where you said it. You think that it, that there's other skills that can be developed. If you miss the boat. If you okay, miss the boat. If you miss the boat. Just, just on that, I can't remember where I read the quote, but you've got to give a bit of credit to your dad here, James, Jim O'Donoghue. It's garden time. He used to drag you out and I believe I was in Linhins having a couple of points to you a couple of weeks ago. The lads were telling me. a couple of stories about James and they said at all the birthday parties oh, this. it was basically just a regime. Left foot, right foot. Oh, Paddy, I don't think you were around, were you? Yeah, I sell, yeah. I'm <laughs> setting on my own think, podcast. Good luck. I think you were away. <laughs> I'm never away. Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is important, but in the garden, it's not actually like when people say, right, you need to practice. You don't need to practice as a kid. You need to play. You need to enjoy it. You need to go out and just mess around. Kick up both legs. Learn it without even realising that you're practising. Practising is a dirty word for a kid, I think. Okay, that's fair. Paddy, we're nearly there with episode 34 of the Football Pod. Just keep the eyes open a couple of minutes longer. Through the question out there, if you can make one change to the Gaelic football season in 2023, what would it be? James, would you ban gloves? Would you, what, what would you do? Give me something. I would have a rule of how many players you could have in one half of the field. In terms of defensively, I think that if you can if you can let it, it's obviously very hard. I saw Bradley's article recently. He said it has to be man on man inside. Even if it was, just you could have a certain amount of players in there, and you had to leave the rest up in your own attacking half. 
I think that would be so much more enjoyable to watch. It would just be the pace of bringing the game where, you know, you could put in fast forward, you could win the run ball, take on their man. I think it would be great. But that is a long way of happening. Okay. Hand pass and kick pass, isn't it? Did that come up before? If you, if you like two hand passes, the next pun has to be a kick pass. It's hard. It's hard to count with one ref, isn't it? But you can get two refs. Yeah, two I suppose it, after a while, you'd almost like two hops, you'd, you'd see it without even realizing you'd see it. Jack, anyway, yeah, I wouldn't change much, lads. I know people were giving out, and I know some of the games were there were rough, like, but that's these things just go through phases again. And teams, I still think that the best teams win the honor, they don't play that way. And um, like we had really defensive football a number of years ago, then it started changing around again. Mm-hmm. You seen our Dublin team were probably a bit more, um, I was clinical towards the end of our Cup of All Ireland. That started to change as well. Teams are kicking the ball more as well. So I wouldn't be changing the whole point. I know the mark gets a lot of stick. Yeah. Potentially, yeah, you might look at changing that. Um, I think now that we're on the outside for supporters and media. The name of the bloody teams is nonsense. Like how many times we're coming into all the biggest championship games and you're like, we'll find out a minute beforehand if this guy's injured or if he's not or if he's suspended or if he's not. Um, so so that's something that teams have to name. There's just, there's no ambiguity there. Like the Thursday before championship match, that's the starting 15. That's it. And the other big thing, the GA disciplinary process. Mm. Yeah, I think it's just an absolute car crash about hurling, hurling and football. James, you've been a culprit of it. Obviously, you'd be one of the serial offenders. But <laughs> I think if if lads get a red card, you've got a red card. Good luck. You're not playing the next day. That's like every single decision throughout this entire season. Appeal to the last minute. Nine times out of ten, when the players get off, they don't play well because their heads are absolutely bloody melted anyway. Yeah. But Something needs to be done about that. I think that was one of the biggest shambles of the season so far. Hand passing over the bar as well. I, I, I did. I would. Oh, yeah, I know you don't like it. I got a cool every self in the day. It's handy. It's handy, and we've seen some very important scores come of it. And you're kind of going, right? We're jumping around with Gavin Crowley fisting over his fucking point in the final, weren't you? Who are Gavin White? Gavin White. Gavin Crowley. Gavin White. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it would have been class if he had to somehow change his angle to chip that over with a with a leg. I think it would have been class. It's just it's a more skillful approach. I would I'd like to see that coming. We have a lot of comments, and I'm going to rest through a few of them here. Uh, Kleena Foley, a journalist, scoring with the hand is the root of a lot of current evil. She means all scoring with the hand. So a tap in at the back post as well. Uh, Ryan no, Owens wants anyway, to get rid of, Ryan Owens <laughs> wants to get rid of soft yellow cards. Keen Johnson wants to bring in 13 aside, loads of space for inside forwards. Paddy Moran says we should get rid of the advanced mark and get rid of picking the ball up off the ground with your foot. No, I'd never that. get rid of the pickup. I think, look, at I think a lot of people would change things. There's not that much I'd change about the game. I nearly keep the advanced mark. Last. I don't think it's that bad. Um, I don't think it's used. They've well. got a few nice ones in the, in the final out, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no pass back to the keeper. That's a big one. Like at the minute, all you're seeing is the cornerback getting it. Then the but wing they back already, has to come in. They then already the wing back is giving it to the keeper. They did that just, he can't go directly back. Yeah, from the kick. That was for us again. Like, we used yeah. to have still a clock on and brought that in. Like. Yeah. Uh, what they should do is like like the soccer, he can go back to the keeper, but he can't pick it up. Yeah. Now Lenehan wants Mendy. more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Now Lenehan wants more football pod road shows. Um, With your buddy, 
And Phelan Brannock says, get rid of mass defences. Okay, that's it's been a pleasure. James, Paddy, we're going to call this the end of season two. Whoa. Okay. Congratulations on your year together, lads. You stayed together all year long. Fair play. Fair play, lads. Paddy, any last words for James? Year. Congratulate him on his year, his first year in Pundit. Yes, we're great, Jimmy. Pleasure having you on board. Always a bit of crack. So we'll have a bit more for the end of the year and we might catch up for our Sherry as well soon. Definitely. We need 100%. that. Yeah, we got the podcast awards coming up, lads, in a couple of weeks. So we'll I'm, I'm away. We're going, into, we're going into favourites for that. You're away again. I'm up in Donegal. I'm in the Northwest. Oh, we'd have to we'd have to figure something out. We'd have to organise points or something. Like that. Okay. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. We're uh, got a couple of surprises coming into the Football Pod podcast feed over the next couple of weeks. So do stay tuned. If anything breaks, if there's any big news, I have it in the boys' contract that we'll break the emergency glass and do an emergency podcast. Changing of contracts yet again. Yes, and we will be <laughs> back very soon with a winter season. So enjoy the club championships. Enjoy all the football. Thanks as always for listening to us and staying with us. Uh, we are the Football Pod and we'll talk to you soon. See you we are the Football Pod. <laughs> Au revoir. Good night.